What's up, Doc? Good morning! Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Greetings and salutations. Hello, Poppy. Hello there. Kindly ho, neighborinos! You are cleared to land on Ducky Bay 77, a podcast about movies, music, TV, and anything else these guys can think to talk about. Hello and welcome to Docking Bay 77. I am your host, Dayton Johnson, and this is kind of a special episode because I have a longtime friend and fellow musician and former bandmate joining me. Uh, I'm going to introduce my good friend, Tim Brown. How are you doing, Tim? I am doing very well. Okay. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Um, We are actually going to discuss uh, the band Trans-Siberian Orchestra and specifically the record Christmas Eve and other stories. Millions of fans have witnessed the concert experience that launched a -a one-of-a-kind rock holiday tradition. Trans-Siberian Orchestra, live in concert. The show that started it all. The all-new Christmas Eve and other stories like you've never seen it before. Presented by Hallmark Channel. The power of rock. Combined with the majesty of classical. Coming to a city near you. Go to TSOTickets.com for info. Don't miss Trans-Siberian Orchestras. All new Christmas Eve and other stories live. Okay. I think that's going to be fun. You know how hipsters like to you know, get annoying with everybody and tell them, well, I was into that way before it was cool. <laughs> I was into TSO when they were still sabotage. Well, right. And that's actually the reason that I uh, <laughs> uh, chose you to be a part of this, because I know we're both fans of sabotage back in the uh, uh, late eighties, early nineties. Um, we even went and saw them in concert as well. Do you and remember meeting them? Yes, of course Bogarts. I do. Of course I do. Um, they were great guys. And so I, you know, thought, well, Hey, why not? I'm sure Tim's into it. And I know we're both fans of the music and the the producer. So I thought it was a perfect idea to bring you in. So, um, so before we get into, uh, the history of Paul O'Neill, the, the kind of, uh, brainchild, I guess, behind the band, um, do you have a favorite go-to Christmas, uh, band artist, or a specific record? I was trying to think about that after after you brought it up. And I I really kind of think for me personally, it is Trans-Siberian Orchestra. I, I don't really listen to a lot of other Christmas music other than what my wife puts on when we're decorating the tree. My right. wife, she'd be the one I should call out here and ask her that question because <laughs> she is so over the top into Christmas in our house. Do you have a favorite uh, one of their Christmas records though? by chance. You know, until I started doing the research for this podcast, I hadn't ever really sat down and listened to any full records. Um, I would just put them on Spotify and, 
and just start playing tracks. You know, right, I wouldn't really right. sit and listen to the the individual albums as they were recorded until a couple of weeks ago, started doing the research for this episode. And then I really started diving uh, a much deeper dive into this album that we're going to talk about the okay. Christmas Eve and other stories. But yeah, I mean, there's so many different tracks that I find something really cool to listen to with. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, personally, um, I mean, yeah, I do dig their uh, Christmas records and stuff, but um, I think uh, one of the ones I really liked, and actually I just downloaded them to my phone on Spotify so I can listen to them at work, but I like the Brian Sitzer Orchestra uh, Christmas records. Um, He brings his uh, nice combination of big band and rock and roll to Christmas classics, and he does a really good job with it. And like one of my favorites is uh, when he takes the Flintstones theme and makes a Christmas song out of it called Yabba Dabba Yuletide. And it's so much fun. So <laughs> that um, sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's just, just a lot of fun. Just a lot of fun. So, all right, well uh, let's get into it. Um, so Tim, uh, do you have a little brief history on the producer composer? So-and-so uh, Paul O'Neill. So Paul O'Neill is a guy I really didn't know too much about at all pre researching for this episode i i knew uh the general history of sabotage i knew the guys in sabotage i knew their albums and i knew the stuff that i'd heard from trans-siberian orchestra but i didn't really know much about paul and it turns out without paul there there is no tso there's there's not a whole lot of of anything that uh, that we've come to know and love here right i found out he was born in uh 1956 in flushing new york uh in queens uh, second of 10 children. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up an only child. My wife was an only child. I know you only had one brother. Can you even imagine living in a house with that no. many people? No, not even. I would go insane. <laughs> but he actually had a really interesting musical history prior to uh, getting to work with Sabotage and then into TSO. He um, worked with a lot of, he worked for a management company that worked with Aerosmith, Def Leppard, Ted Nugent, ACDC, the Scorpions. And he did a lot of rock concert promotion in the 80s. He was the promoter in Japan for every tour of Madonna and Sting. Wow. That's some big yeah. names. Yeah. Man. Uh, so he really worked with a lot of people that you wouldn't have expected given, you know, what, what, you know, what we know of like, you know, sabotage and the more, I guess, underground, not really as well-known metal stuff that, that you and I were big fans of right. back in the eighties and nineties. Right. So uh, to hear that he was involved in all of that and then went on to do this, I thought was very interesting. Yep, And it it turns out that he, um, what I didn't realize was that uh, their first single, Christmas Eve, Sarajevo, 1224, was originally not a TSO song. It was a official sabotage song on their Dead Winter Dead album, which was kind of after the period I had kind of lost track of sabotage. Yeah, I I would listen to that like when they would pop on a play, on a playlist, and so I'm I'm familiar with some of those songs. But yeah, I I, I read that too, and I thought that's funny because actually on this particular record, that's the same recording they did 
for uh, Dead Winter Dead, uh, the sabotage record that they put on this album. So I thought that yeah. was kind of uh, kind of funny. I actually went back and I, I AB'd the two. I, I pulled the one off Dead Winter Dead and the one off Christmas Eve and other stories and played them back to back just to see if there were any differences. And I, I really do think it is the same recording, but slightly remixed. Yeah, that would make like sense. The, the, make one sense. On, the one on Christmas Eve sounds a little brighter and has the strings and, and other stuff a little more up front. I, I kind of think it works is from a from a mixing perspective. I think it right. improved the song. But I mean the the performances themselves sound identical. Gotcha. Okay. So anything else on uh Paul O'Neill? I know he passed away. Was it uh 2017? 2017. He, yeah. he uh he uh sounds like from everything I've read about it, um it was an accidental overdose. Uh, not of like um, illegal drugs, but he had a lot of chronic illnesses and he was on a lot of different medications uh, that had been prescribed to them. And I, I think he, he ran into some trouble there. Yeah. And so sadly it seems ended to, up yeah. passing away from it. Yeah. It sounds a little bit too familiar. I know it's kind of what happened with Prince and, you know, Michael Jackson, a lot of other uh, performers and, you know, even uh, uh, Heath Ledger you know, had issue with that as well. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a shame. It's a shame. So it really is. Yeah. All right. So let's get into some facts about the record. Um, it was released on October 15th, 1996. It is uh, the first part of the Christmas trilogy. Uh, the other two records include the Christmas attic and lost Christmas Eve. Um, it is certified uh, three times platinum. So uh, for those keeping count, that's over 3 million records uh, sold. Uh, the song you mentioned, Christmas Eve, uh, Sarajevo 1224, um, is actually had, as of uh, November of t- uh, 2016, it's had over 1.3 million downloads, making it one of the most popular Christmas songs downloaded uh, as, since they've been keeping track of that stuff. Um, you know, I actually found a, another little tidbit about that track just yep. today. Okay. I was watching an interview on YouTube with Chris Caffrey, the guitarist for right. TSO right. and in Sabotage. Dodge, right. And he was talking about when they first recorded that on Dead Winter Dead, um, there was a, uh, D- a DJ in Florida that they knew very well who they were having a conversation and they were talking about this track being so heavily requested on these light adult contemporary rock stations. Right. And this song was getting requested. They said typically around that time, if you got between like 20 and 50 requests a day, that was a big single. And this song was getting over 300 requests per day, which is funny because it's, 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 it's funny how, if you just repackage something, you know, and make it a little bit more marketable. Because honestly, if you, that's one of the things that draw me to wanting to talk about this is be, because of, you know, Paul O'Neill's history. And I find it amusing, especially like, uh, like you said, Chris Caffrey, um, uh, Alex Skolnick from Testament. He was one of the touring guitar players in TSO for a while. So you had, you know, uh, guys in, that were in Sabotage and uh, Jeff Scott Soto, who's been a singer, uh, you know, with like Ingve Malmsteen and a lot of other hard rock bands. Um, and, including the Sons of Apollo with uh, uh, Mike, Mike Portnoy. Portnoy yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he's been around forever. So you have all these really heavy, you know, these heavy metal and hard rock musicians, you know, merging into this, uh, into this group. And I know people that don't listen to that kind of music, but yet they're big fans of this particular band. And I, and I just thought that was very interesting. And, but yeah, it just shows that you kind of repackage it and kind of, you know, put it in with something else, how big a song could be. And I just thought that was kind of funny. 
I mean, yeah, I remember uh, reading somewhere about uh, John Oliva, the singer from Sabotage, played right. keyboards and and uh, wrote a lot of their material. Right. He actually was kind of irritated with the success that the song had with TSO because it kind of gave him the impression that really the only thing that had ever been holding Sabotage back was the name. <laughs> they're probably right <laughs> well i mean if you look at because that's another thing if you the musicians that most of the musicians that were on this record um included al petrelli on guitars who was a part of sabotage in the later years and also played with asia um robert kinkle who was one of the composers for the record as well john middleton who was who was a bass player for sabotage and um and jeff plate was on the drums so that was the core of the musicians on here and petrelli paul o'neill uh, John Oliva and then Robert Kinkle again were pretty much the core songwriters for all the music. Of course, you know, notwithstanding the composers for the original pieces of music that they borrow. Right, right. All the so, all the classical stuff yeah. that they they borrowed the right. motifs so, and phrases from. Right. So that's what is just kind of funny. Like I said, I had friends of mine that I knew were not fans of the of the genre that these guys came from, but yet they love TSO, and I just thought that was so. So interesting. So that's kind of one of the reasons why I chose to talk about them. Plus, they are a huge Christmas draw every year. They are huge. Uh, their tour is massive. Yes. Now, ha- uh, have you seen them? Because I have never attention seen them. So have you seen them? You've never seen them live. You you yeah, really need to do yourself a favor and go. I have seen them twice. Uh, the first time was, uh, oh, let's see. That probably would have been around maybe 2014, 2015. My my oldest kid was uh, around four or five, and we took took them with us. Uh, and it was like me and my wife and my mother in law and her her aunt and and our little you know child daughter <laughs> that we put the gigantic ear protector headphones on and right. went and, and went and saw them. And 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 you're right; it's so funny about how the the audience at a TSO show is so diverse in. Right the backgrounds and in the age groups. I mean, you have little tiny kids coming with their, their mom and dads on up through like 60, 70, 80 year old people. Right. And some people are dressed like they're going to a metal show with their t-shirts and their, their ripped jeans on. And some people are dressed like they're going for a night at the symphony. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's well, really strange and, yeah, and, and kind of, kind of wonderful in that sense. Right. And I like the fact that Paul O'Neill, he was like, you know, I want to take um, the rock operas of the 60s and 70s, you know, add to it, you know, the hard rock of the 80s, and then take the stage show of, say, Pink Floyd and put it all and and put it all together. And and we're so glad he did because yeah. it works. It works. Well, and so. something I, re- I read about the uh, the writing of this album, it wasn't originally intended to be a rock record, a rock theater opera kind of thing. He was writing something called Romanoff that was, right. it was going to be an actual like Broadway musical production. And somewhere along the way, Romanoff got thrown out and he said, you know what? I'm working with these guys in Sabotage and we know a bunch of other great musicians. Let's just do it and, and make this other thing that he he ended up calling Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Right. And Which so is, it's kind of this weird melting pot of, of metal, classic rock, Christmas tunes, and Broadway musical. Right. All kind of melted into one that shouldn't work at all. It should be a gigantic 
just nightmare of a of a sound mesh and it works it's great right cool all right well um so we actually have talked a little bit about them already but i i can tell you as far as my impressions of of what i've heard from them over the years i i don't actually own any of the christmas cds um i do own night castle um which is pretty good uh it's funny how so many people are drawn to the christmas records more than the uh the the amazing this are still rock operas but they're not the christmas themed ones so i think i yeah. i kind of find that a little bit interesting but i gotta admit I, I think that is kind of it it goes along with that kind of broad diverse audience yeah. they have the christmas stuff is i think a lot more approachable and yeah. so that draws in more people it's going to get more radio airplay on on the adult contemporary stations right and that's going to bring in the bigger audience so i think that's why that stuff does better yeah that makes sense I gotta admit, I, I'm more partial to their instrumentals than they are than I am to the uh, a lot of the vocals because sometimes the vocals kind of take me out of it a little. You know, some work better than others. I mean, they have so many different. Uh, I know they had like six different vocalists on this particular record, and I know they have so many that tour with them. Um, you know, because especially the choir pieces. But yeah. Um, the I love Wizards in Winter is a great, great song. We hear that all oh, the yeah, time. Yeah. I mean, people use that all the time with their Christmas decorations. Well, yeah, that's that's a, one of the things that that kind of also helped put TSO on the map was the right. the video of the guy in Cincinnati singing right. his Christmas lights to right. it. <laughs> and that was that was just awesome. But I I do agree with you about the instrumental versus the vocal stuff. If there's a point where they get kind of for lack of a better word cheesy it's it's when some of the the vocal stuff it's some of the some of those songs don't but there are a few really good ones that that i I do say like um on this record uh the uh old city bar yeah well yeah we'll get to that because i do want to talk about that one yeah we'll get to that when we talk track by track but but yeah Yeah. that was just an example of something where where the vocals really do come off very very well and i gotta tell you since you said you'd also never seen uh, one of their concerts. I, I have to tell you my my story of the second time we went to see them. Okay. Like I said, my my daughter was uh, too young to really remember the first time, but um, around 2018, that was actually in 2018. They uh, there was a Toyota commercial that got yes. played all the time, and it had a TSO track on it. And my daughter loved this commercial. She loved this song. She said, "Daddy, what is this? I ne- I need to know what this is." And I'm like, well, "That's Trans Siberian Orchestra." She says, okay, I need to hear this whole song. So I, I looked it up for her and I played it. And it was, it was, I think it was uh, Wizards of Winter. Yeah, it is. And, Wizards uh, of Winter, yeah. So then we started talking about that. And my wife and I decided, all right, you know what? We need to go see them again. I think, I think Gwen and, and her brother uh, are old enough now to have a better appreciation of it. Obviously, we didn't take uh, our son with us. He's younger than Gwen. And okay. He, uh, <laughs> he, he stayed home with, uh, with, uh, um, a babysitter that night and we went to the show with with just Gwen. he would have been like two <laughs> yeah, yeah that might <laughs> but be I, have a to, I have to tell you this we 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 gave it as a surprise that christmas in 2018 uh the tickets to the show and nice. we hung them in a in an envelope on the tree and this <laughs> was her picking the uh tickets off of the tree and she actually broke down in tears Oh, that's so cool. Being able to go see this after she had fallen in love with this song. And then this was where um, I I actually kind of broke down myself. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I may get emotional telling this story to you. But there's a point 
where when you're younger and you're getting into music and you're going to shows and, and you know this feeling, I know you know this feeling because we had it every time that we were standing in line outside of Bogarts to go see somebody <laughs> and they open the doors and you start going in and you're getting that energy. It's just building up in your body. And you're like, right. oh yeah, this is going to be so awesome. I can't wait to see these guys. This is going to be, and you're just like, like it's building up and it's going to bust out of you. Like when we saw King's X there or, right. or sabotage and right. we went in and you're just so waiting. There's this energy building up in the room and it's inside you and your friends and you're just waiting for it to explode out of you and the show. And that's, that's, that's such an awesome feeling. That's it's one of the things I've always loved about going to a concert is that build up to the concert itself. You know, you're getting right. psyched, you're getting ready this this emotional energy release is just going to come flowing out of you and into the crowd <laughs> and from the band and it's going to be just magical you know you know the feeling right oh absolutely absolutely yeah yeah and so there's that as a music fan there's that that feeling that i love and then as somebody who has played music you want to make that connection with a person and move them and make them feel something and also a third aspect of this for me was being a parent and watching my children grow and find the things that they are really excited about and seeing them get just jazzed for it that first time. Right. And all three of those rushes of emotion hit me in the face <laughs> about two seconds into the concert. When the lights went down, this child is vibrating <laughs> i mean like her skull is shaking and her hand she's holding her hands together just you know like shaking vibrating <laughs> ready to explode and i'm telling you man i started crying right there at the concert i, I teared up and i I, I, I'm like, you know, trying to, to be the, 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 the tough guy at this point. My wife is, she's always looking at me like, you are such a sap. Anything <laughs> emotional happens and you break down and cry. And I'm like, oh, I'm not crying. You know, it's like wiping my <laughs> shoulder, <laughs> licking my sleeve. There's like some dust in the air. It's right. Like, oh, I got something in my eye. Right. I got something in my eye. Something in my eye. So it's chopping onions. It's <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was just such an awesome feeling was seeing that, that, release and that this is the thing I've waiting for and it's happening in front of me. And it was, it was magical. It was amazing. Their light show is spectacular. The stage production is unbelievable. I mean, they've got scaffolding that comes up out of the, out of the floor and, and holds the guitarists out over the audience, like 30 feet in the air and 40 feet out over the crowd. They've got like <laughs> a second stage set up at the back of the arena that they run to that shoots fire and has the logo that, that shoots flame all around it. Jeez. I mean, it's, and yeah, like the, the light rigs come down from the ceiling and rotate and do all kinds of amazing things. And then the whole backdrop is just a, a, LED screen that they throw video on and show close-ups of the performers. It's right. it's truly jaw-dropping. Yeah, I need to go. They come to Cincinnati every December, and I just, you know, we've never gotten around to actually going. And I have so many friends that go, and so maybe next year. Um, I missed them this year, but uh, and I, you know, just getting back to concerts is that's a whole other conversation. But 
I was supposed to go see Dream Theater in December, but it got postponed to February. Mm. So hopefully that won't get postponed again. But anyway, so what's a wonder, wonderful, wonderful story. That's just so cool. So, all right, let's uh, let's get into the music. Um, let's go track by track and kind of give uh, opinions and stuff like that as we go. Uh, the opening track, An Angel Came Down. What do you think about this song? This is... It's one of those funny things we were talking about earlier where I, I kind of prefer the uh, instrumental stuff to the vocal right. stuff. The music itself, the, the chord structure, the melodic structure, the right. instrumentation. Wow. Yeah, really, I mean, really good. Yeah, I like the, I like the take on uh, Silent Night, the modern, you know, let's call it the modernizations of that song. And um, yeah, I do like that. And I agree. I'm not a fan of the vocals of this one. Um, I know it's the kind of it's kind of the part of the bookends uh you know the opening and the closing track are similar themes similar sound and everything else um quite frankly it doesn't do a whole lot for me overall but i mean yeah the, i mean music is pretty good like i said i do like how they you know update silent night but yeah i kind of agree it's uh i don't know to me i, I don't skip it but at the same time i don't it doesn't feel like a great opening track to me i guess is part of the problem I feel like this is probably an example of where Paul O'Neill was originally conceiving this as a Broadway musical. I right. feel like this might have been a good show opener okay, with I see a that. stage production with characters coming out and, and that setting being introduced. Okay, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I just noticed it here that uh, um, O'Neill obviously had part, had part of the songwriting credit as well as uh, John Oliva, and of course, you know, Franz Gruber, who wrote the you know, original Silent Night. But um, so, yeah, that does make sense. It would be a good opening for a stage for a stage show like that. So that's good. I, yeah, good. Good point. I didn't even think of that. So, um, yeah, it's it's an OK, but uh, I could take it or leave it. Um, so the next track, uh, the first of many instrumentals, uh, they combine O Come All Ye Faithful with O Holy Night. Which I guess works for you since there's no lyrics. <laughs> I I do like, um, like I said, I've said before, I, I really do like their instrumentals, and I like how uh, they you know they puts that rock edge with the traditional carols, and I can definitely feel that old sabotage sound um, in this one for sure. Yeah, you know it's it's a good song, and I like. Uh, you know, it's just it's it's nice. Um, you can hear both uh, the songs in there, and they merge them very well together. Um, it's it's I would I kind of would have rather heard this one first, but now after you mentioned that whole stage show thing, you know, I guess I'll leave that angel came down alone. Let's <laughs> just leave it alone. <laughs> and this, I think, really does show a good side of of O'Neill's um, arranging ability yes absolutely which i think would have lent itself really well in a broadway musical setting that that ability to take these themes and arrange them so that they they flow together you know you have to do a little bit of original composition to kind of weave the the melodies together uh so that's probably where you're you get a lot of the the songwriting credit on these even though all he's doing is taking two existing tracks and just kind of mashing them up yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, you got to. There's got to be some, uh, uh, yeah, some arranging and you know some extra composition to have them work together. Um, but yeah, it's it's a good track. It's a good track. I like it. Yeah. 
Now, this next one, um, uh, O'Neill has sole writing credit on this, A Star to Follow. Now, I'm not usually a fan of choirs, but I got to admit, uh, this was impressive. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, the opening, it builds to, has three different vocal uh, parts, and then it's broken up by the child choir. Then the next section, it builds up really nicely, and you end up with five different vocal parts going at the same time. I gotta tell you, I I actually sat and I counted them. I actually uh, put my good headphones on and listened, and I could even though that you know they keep adding and they kept adding, you can still hear that very first vocal part. You know, it's it's in the back, but it's still there. You can still hear it. And I didn't notice that until I actually put on some good headphones versus my earbuds that I wear at work. <laughs> so, but yeah, this one um, it's a great great example of choirs i guess is the best way how to how to make choir you know kind of rock and i really i really like this track yeah yeah i, I like that one too now like I said, another another original composition that's an instrumental uh first snow and as you share with me before we start recording you learned the riff for this <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really again i think it shows um o'neill's arranging and and uh you know his orchestration abilities because this is just a straight little rock riff and it repeats over and over and over again there's like a couple little breaks in between some other riffs but it's just that one little piece over and over again but he brings it in with one guitar then he brings it in with two guitars and then you have the synths playing that yeah which I I really liked I really liked those He's really uh, got a good sense of how to take a simple theme and blow it up. Yep. Yeah. And it does, it does have a decent seasonal feel to it um, without being too Christmassy. Um, It's, it can fit any time of the year, but it it does fit well within the Christmas uh, motif he has going on through the rest of the record. So it's, it's a good, it's a good track. It's definitely one that stuck out to me the first time going through like the next one, uh, the Silent Nutcracker, uh, a nice take on the classic, you know, uh, classical music. Um, I, I just love the acoustic in this. 
It's yeah. just it's just so pretty. It's so nice. Yeah. That's real. I mean, Chris Caffrey and the other guitar players they've gotten on this album really are are some underrated players, I think, in this yep. regard. Really and, just solid, solid musicianship. All right, so the next track, um, A Mad Russian's Christmas. Now, this is a really, really good track. Um, a nice, uh, moody beginning. And then uh, the hard rock guitar pairs really, really well with the classical music. It is a solid track, probably the most solid, I think, so far um, to this point in the album. So, yeah, I mean, I really, really, really like this song. I agree with you on this one. I, I like that one a lot. Um, I think it's it's got a lot of a lot more of that that kind of rock sensibility that I, I like. Right. Uh, it does also take the the uh, classical and the Christmas themes and use them really well. Yes. Yeah, it's it's one, you know, every time it comes on, I can already kind of feel my toe start to tap and you know kind of want to my you know when i'm working and my step kind of picks up a little bit um it's it's a great song it's uh yeah you know another instrumental of course um and i just think it's kind of interesting um but those always seem to stick out to me and maybe that's just uh the source material maybe it's the fact that uh the composition the arranging is really good i don't know but they i just really really like Maybe it's just the classical music in general. I don't know. Maybe maybe the singing over it messes it up. I don't know. I really <laughs> this song is just it's probably uh if not my favorite, it's pretty close to the, my favorite track on the record. Okay. So now I'm pretty sure we're both gonna agree on this next track. Let the bells ring out these tidings, let it echo across the land that a thing is born. And his kingdom is at hand. Let the world rejoice together as it looks upon the stars, knowing every man's a brother, and that 
um, the Prince of Peace. Um, this song kind of gets lost between two really, really good songs. Um, I don't, I'm, I don't care much for the vocals. Uh, it's kind of stuck between two really, really good songs. So you kind of forget about this. Uh, never really been a big fan of the source material either. Um, so yeah, this is one of those, one of the few tracks on here I'll, I skip. Now this one, I'm, I'm gonna kind of disagree with y'all. Really? Yes. I'm uh, shocked. Shockingly, uh, given my my tirade about about uh, religious <laughs> vocals and how anti them I, I typically am, this one I think is a case of uh, you said your wife uh, prefers the instrumental and just completely skips everything with the vocals. Yeah. Mostly, I I kind of get that, but when it's a female lead. I tend to have a different opinion on it. I okay. really like uh, the the lady's vocals on this. She's got a very a very good voice. She's got a, a great tone. I like it. I mean, okay. I I wouldn't say it's my favorite track on the album, but of the vocal pieces, I actually think it's one of the stronger vocal performances. Okay. All right. All right. Well, you can be wrong. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it's. I see your point. I see your point. I. It's just. It's one of those yeah, that the lyric it, content again. I just kind of uh, right. But but her voice is really nice. I think. I think I'm gonna have to listen to it again because, like I said, usually because um, I've been through the record like multiple times in recent weeks, and this is one of those that either I just kind of ignore it when it comes on, or I would skip it to get to the next track because. The next song is is we've already talked about it a couple of times is is great. Uh, the Christmas Eve Sarajevo twelve twenty four. Well, this is the one that put them on the map. This right. is the this, one that yeah. everybody and and their mother knows. Right. This is the one that they uh, use in the commercial for the tour. This is the one that you know really kind of set them up, and 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 for good reason. It's it's a great song. I love how the the keyboards and the guitars work together. It rocks. It has a Christmas feel to it. You know, it's just a, it's a really, really good track. And, you know, I that's have to what, ask. Yes. I have to ask, uh, do you consider this, uh, knowing what we know about the history of it now, do you consider this a TSO song or do you consider this TSO covering Sabotage? Well, to be <laughs> fair, half the people on this record were from Sabotage. So right. <laughs> um, it's, it's, you know, I, it's kind of a gray area. It's, it's, it's been on both records, so charcoal just, gray. Yeah, charcoal <laughs> gray. Yeah. Now it's either way. It's still a great song. I don't care. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. It's still a great song. No doubt. All right, so uh, the next one we got is Good Good King Joy. Now, I will say I really, really like the piano work in this one. Yes. Um, overall, the song is okay. It's not necessarily one I'll skip. Um, I have to be in the right mood to really enjoy it. Um, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a different... Because, again, with the, the vocal performances that we tend to want to jump over... This one is is kind of fun though, but you have to kind of be in the right mood for it. Yeah, yeah. That that um 
voice that he has, that real deep. You, you got to be in the mood for that, or it just doesn't work. Yeah, I don't, and also I'm not a big fan of the of the source song either. doesn't help it but yeah it's i mean like i said the piano work really is good um i do like that but the rest of the song i'm kind of like eh, okay um you know like i said i don't necessarily skip it every time but it's not one that i'm i'm definitely not gonna put on a playlist or anything like that right so, <laughs> so, but it's not terrible but it's not i'm not in love with it the next one i kind of forget about it uh ornament now Going through it again recently and sitting down and with my headphones, re-listen to it. I do like the lyrics. Um, the vocals are okay, uh, but it's still one of those songs that I can take or leave. It doesn't do much for me, but I also don't hate it. It's one that I had to go back and listen to a couple of times uh, just recently because I found I mentioned earlier the interview with Chris Caffrey that I was a. Uh, um, listening to and he talks about this song and he talks about people coming to TSO shows and sharing their family stories with with him and the members of the band and talking about you know this was this was always our family tradition and earlier this year or this week or last month somebody in our family died my mother died my father passed away my brother passed away and and um, this song always kind of hit special for us now <laughs> after you know losing that person close to him and he said you know that always kind of got to him and made him made him feel really good but also kind of sad at the same time I don't believe I can say what had happened all of those words that we put into play no longer matter I should So that made me go back and, and kind of listen to it with a, a a new viewpoint on it. And it does kind of hit a little different when you when you put it in that perspective. You know, that's a that's a good thing. I actually will take a listen to that with a different mindset. Um, but like I said, I do enjoy the lyrics. Maybe I just haven't heard it with the right ears, you know. And, uh, so, yeah, I'll have to take a listen to it with that in mind and see if uh, how I feel about it after that. Yeah, but I did. I liked like you. I didn't really pay that much attention to it at first. But after hearing that story... Now I go back and listen to it like, hmm, there's there's a little more there than I, I gave it credit for at, thir- at first. All right. All right. Good in, good to know. Good to know. All right. Cool. Okay. So uh, the next one is a short little 55 second piece. Uh, the first Noel. Nice little acoustic piece. You know, it's, um, you know, I guess it kind of sets up the next song, but it's just, you know, it's funny because I, I go right from ornament to this one. I sometimes 
forget they were two separate songs because it's because <laughs> it's, this one's just so short. Right. Um, and it, it almost feels like it's, um, you know, like a, almost like a, an interlude or a, a prelude to uh, yes. the, next, the next song. Yeah, it does. It, it feels like this is something that they would play while they're, they're transitioning sets or, or cast is changing right. costumes or something. If this was a Broadway musical, which, which again makes, goes back to that yeah. original, his original intention. Yeah, because of the next song, Old City Bar, I could see that, oh, we got to roll out the, the stage pieces here for the for the bar scene. So, yeah, okay. So, with uh, Old City Bar, now, you brought that up earlier, and I will admit, um, I do really like the lyrics, uh, the, the images and the, and the, and the, the pictures it paints. Yeah. Um, that was the first thing that kind of stuck out to me. And I will honestly admit, the first couple times through this, I was wow. like... Yeah, I don't like this song, but the more I listened to it, especially listening to it, uh, listening to the lyrics a little bit more, it really did grow on me. Uh, my only real complaint, I mean, I do, like I said, I do like the guy's voice. It's, um, there's a lot of um, emotion in the voice. There's, uh, uh, there, uh, there's just something there. There's a uh, character in it, I guess, as well. But um, yeah. it's just a little bit too long, you know, at just over six minutes. And I'm not I can a, see that. I don't I shy away that. from long songs. I mean, you know that for me. You know? but well, this, this is another one, one that I think plays better live with the production that they they do with the stage show. I think the the extra length plays a little better when you're just listening to the audio. Yeah, I agree. It it gets a little. It just kind of goes on and on, and you're like, okay, can we hurry it up and get to the next track? But I'll tell you something skipping a track on the playlist if you play this one and uh two tracks later this christmas day yeah they really kind of bookend a real and nice story okay okay i got you and he asked didn't we know that outside in the snow Someone was lost Standing outside our door And the bartender gazed Through the smoke and the haze the window and ice That corner street line We're standing alone By a broken payphone Was a girl the child said no longer get home And the snow It was falling Neon was calling Bartender turned And said Not that I care But how would you know this The child said I've known Oh, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, because actually, yeah, because about in, that. in Old City Bar, they're they're talking about giving the money to the girl who can't get home to see her family, and they're trying to help her out. And then, you know, in the this Christmas Day, you hear the father; she's coming home. Right, right. Yeah. See, and that, and once again, it it plays into that whole uh, you know stage production. So yeah, yeah. yeah. The story so, I think works really well. Uh, but yeah, you're right. This track does kind of go on a little longer than it, it probably needs to for right. an album. Right, right. So the next one, um, it's another visit from the, uh, the child choir, Promises to Keep. Now, uh, I skipped this one because as far as I'm concerned, it does not compare to 
a star to follow, which was just so good. This one feels like almost like filler a little bit to me, but yeah, this one's it's, it's kind of forgettable for me. Yeah. It's yeah. I kind of, like I said, it's uh, my only note is it's okay. Doesn't compare to star to follow. Skip it. <laughs> that was pretty much it. <laughs> I didn't have much else to say. Yeah. about it. So well, like I said, I kind of, I would almost probably skip it just because I want to have that, that story that old city bar in this Christmas day right. make as a unit. They kind of feel like they're, there's a full story that I almost wanted to see a whole production of. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I agree. Um, and moving into the, uh, this Christmas day, I got to admit it's a slow starter for me, but once it gets going, it's really good. It is really good. Like you mentioned the lyrics and that is a great guitar solo. At oh the yeah. Man, it's really, yeah. really, really good. Really good. So yeah, that one really, it definitely appeals to the 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 sappy parent in me that that just breaks down at, at the most emotional things. And this one, that one plays into this one strongly. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I can see that. It, I mean, and definitely after mentioning the old city bar, it does work really well. And you're right; it almost makes sense to take out that one. You know, promises to keep just to for it to flow a little bit better. So, um, and maybe, maybe promises keep us in there so they can, st- you know, change the stage again. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, think about it. It would right, make yeah. sense. It would make sense. <laughs> yeah. You know, you off to the side, you have the little kids choir and you move the set pieces around. So, so I'm gonna have to listen to this now with a mindset of a, of a, uh, of a stage musical instead, because I think that- it really helps a lot of their stuff. They're not a Broadway show. But there's a lot of Broadway show elements right. in the production, along with the the metal show. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Now we're back to uh, the the theme of the first song. You know, an angel returned. Yeah, just like the first one. I, I'm not a fan of this track either. An angel returned that night through the sky. to decide so as he flew back over the land a gift for his lord was there in his hand you know it's i mean i understand I think it works better than the first one but yeah i'm just kind of eh, on it yeah and it's almost like i mean yeah it might uh take a little bit away from the overall story and motif of the record um but i think this christmas day is a is a is a better closer almost especially with the, with the story in it and then the way that song ends yeah. versus this one i think yeah. that would have been a better final track well and like i just mentioned i really think the story that gets told with old city bar and this christmas day i feel like that should have been the story that the album focused on rather than trying to, to shoehorn then this an angel came down and an angel returned. Thing. Right. I feel like he's trying to bookend a story that he already had. He could have fleshed out the other story a lot better. Yeah, I see that. I mean, that's, 
you know, maybe, well, we're not going to get it from Paul O'Neill, unfortunately, but maybe, you know, the rest of the guys decide, well, let's do a, let's just focus on that and see, you know, cause the cool thing about the record is, yeah, it's got some, it even says Christmas Eve and other stories. So there's other stories within, within the record. Um, yeah. But to the point, it would be nice if, if uh, we actually got a whole, a whole uh, record, a whole story with the elements of old city bar uh, this Christmas day. And, you know, maybe come up with things like leading up to like, why did the daughter leave? Where'd she go? Kind of. So uh, any final thoughts you want to mention to bring up about the record in general, the, you know, this particular uh, record. Um, I think if you're looking to get into TSO, this is a strong place to start. Again, it's got that song that everyone knows on it. So that, <laughs> yes. you know, you, you can't really go wrong there. And uh, there are a lot of other really good instrumentals. Some of the vocal stuff is not, not too bad. Uh, I honestly, like you, I like you and your wife, I feel like the vocal material on this album is probably the weakest stuff, but it's not terrible by any stretch. It's not. And, and actually really listening to it, uh, last couple of days, um, really listening. I, I don't hate the vocals as much as I did at one point. I like I said, I really, really like a star to follow that one impressed me a lot. Um, considering it's, it's a, a choir piece, I guess is the best way to put it. But yeah, there's a couple of tracks on there. Like the, the opening and closing tracks don't really care for the price of, you know, the Prince of peace, I will skip. Uh, but like, you know, it was nice that old city bar grew on me as well as this Christmas day, which makes sense because they work well together as one story. The um, I mean, overall, the music is very theatrical and, and now actually having discussed the idea of it, you know, at one point intended to be uh, a stage play, a stage musical, that makes a lot more sense. And I will definitely take your advice. And um, like I said, not, maybe not this, obviously not this year, but next year uh, when they come back to town, I'm going to make an effort to get tickets and go see them. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it definitely is in my wheelhouse as far as music is concerned. Um, with uh, the history we have with uh, with Paul O'Neill and the band from Sabotage and a lot of the other stuff he worked on too. So um, yeah, it's a it's a pretty good record. Pretty good record. I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I need to go pick him up on CD. <laughs> That's all there is to it. <laughs> and yes, I still buy CDs. So anyway, all right. Well, uh, Tim, this has been a lot of fun. Um, thank you for being on here and discussing. Uh, you know, a, a favorite genre of ours. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. It's been a lot of fun. So make sure to check out uh, Tim on his YouTube channel. He posts a lot of music oriented uh, videos, some how to stuff, and they are both uh, fun and uh, informational. So make sure to check him out. I will leave a link for his YouTube channel in the show notes. So, um, and uh, if I don't see you or talk to you before, definitely have a Merry Christmas. And you as well. All right. So um, I definitely want to thank uh, all the listeners out there. Um, I do get on our hosting site and check out uh, the downloads and things like that and where people are downloading us. And I do want to mention that in recent weeks, we've had new listeners pop up in uh, all across the world, including Egypt, Croatia, Brazil, Israel, and Italy um, outside the country as well as inside the country. We had some new listeners pop up in South Carolina florida and virginia so that is totally awesome um and also i'm feeling kind of generous uh this time of the year i have a copy of this particular cd that i'm just dying to give away to somebody so here's how it works get on our twitter page on our uh, facebook page send us an email uh however you want to reach out to us 
And if every person that reaches out goes into a drawing and I will just pull one person's name and we will send a copy to a winner in the continental United States. Sorry, overseas. It's just too expensive to send it that far right now. So yeah, reach out. And one of you could be the lucky winner of a slightly used copy of this particular CD, um, hoping to spread the love of physical media. You know, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. So, and uh, I know I've said this a few times already. Uh, it is the holiday season for a great many people. Uh, whatever you're celebrating, um, please appreciate what you have, who's around you. Uh, reach out to people you haven't spoken to in a while, friends, family, neighbors. Uh, let them know that we're all in this together. Take care of each other. Take care of ourselves. Look out for one another. And as I always say, when it comes to watching movies and listening to music, physical media is better than streaming. Thank you for listening. This has been the Docking Bay 77 Podcast. Opening music provided by Eric Jason Brock. Check him out on YouTube and Bandcamp. If you want to reach out to us on social media, we are on Twitter and Facebook at Docking Bay 77 Podcast. Or you can send us an email, DockingBay77Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.